Like Melissa said, I'm Sobi. It is so good to be here with you guys. Um, yeah, we were here back in April, and that feels like forever ago. So it's good to finally be in Milford with you all this morning. Um, and thank you guys so much for being so welcoming. And I mean, we've been so blessed by you guys, whether it's through prayer um, or just friendly hellos when we walk through. And it's good to see people that we met the last time we were here. And we're so looking forward to meeting a lot more. Um, yeah, so real quick, I'm going to bring my wife up. Um, my wife of one month, Reagan. She's definitely the better half of the Anadobus. Um, I, will, I will go ahead and say that. Um, yeah, so we have been praying for you guys since April, and it's really good to finally be here. Um, we would love to get to meet all of you, and so we'll be out in the foyer after service, and so please come say hello. Um, we'd love to get coffee, um, maybe do a double date if you have a significant other. Guys, if you want to go... Yeah, babysit your kids. Yeah. All right, we have one. Uh, if you trust us, so please, we would love to get to meet you guys. Um, we'll be out there for quite a bit, and then um, we'll love to meet you whenever we can, other than that. But yeah, she's great. She's really the best. And I do have a quick couple thank yous. I want to say thank you to everyone that came and helped us move on Friday. Man, we, we moved in like an hour, and it was really great. And so thank you all to all the guys um, and the kids that came out to help. That was awesome. So thank you. And I do want to say thank you to Joe. Um, Joe, I know you're enjoying a much well-deserved vacation with the kids and Jolie. And thank you so much for bringing Reagan and I on and having me speak this morning. It's a privilege. And so, yeah, I'm going to pray real quick, invite the Holy Spirit into this time, um, and allow him to speak what he wants to say this morning. So, God, we just thank you so much for today. And, God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to meet and gather together to praise you, to learn more about you, um, and to further our relationship with you. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time that you would speak, that you would move in our hearts. May we have ears to listen, eyes to see what you are wanting to do today. And may we leave changed. And so God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I, during my sophomore year of college, um, I went to a conference, um, a part of our campus ministry, where I heard the call of God to commit my life to full-time ministry. And for me, it was a really big moment because at that moment, my life was not headed in that direction. Um, I was wanting to be on ESPN and cover sports and have a radio show. And ministry was literally the complete opposite of what I wanted to do with my life. But it changed me completely. And I'll be honest, I struggled with feeling like this calling to do ministry was something that I fit into. Um, not only was I wanting to do something completely different, but... Ministry is a big calling. You know, full-time ministry is a big sacrifice. Ask anyone that does that, and they'll tell you that it's not light. And I was like, man, Lord, I, you know, I know you're good, but you might have gotten it wrong on this one. And I think I can say confidently that there's probably a lot of us that have felt like that. 
when we've heard the Lord call us into something or called us to do something, we feel like that does not make sense. Lord, I cannot fill the shoes that you are calling me to fill. And some of you may feel like that today. And you may feel like the weight of what the Lord is calling you to do is too big. And so today I want to alleviate the pressure off of you, um, off of me. And I want to shift our focus from focusing on our calling and what we're supposed to do and focusing more on something that's way more important, which is your potential. The reason why the thing the Lord has called you to do seems so big is because he sees potential in you. Potential to fill the shoes that he's called you to fill. And in order to live out in our calling, we need to focus on that. We need to focus on the potential that God sees in us. So whether you've heard your calling before from God or whether you feel like, I have no idea what that is, or maybe today you're not even following God, I think this message is for all of us. We're going to look at scripture and we're going to see how Jesus called out the potential in his disciples and how that propelled them to live out in their calling. And then we'll see what that means for us today. And so, like I told you guys earlier, I heard the call to ministry my sophomore year, um, felt like it was way too big for me to carry. And ministry, you know, in general, like I said, is hard. So I prayed that the Lord would confirm it. And I didn't pray once. I prayed like a hundred times, like, Lord, if this is really what you want, say it again, say it again. And I remember November 1st of last year, 2021, I was in my time, you know, in the word praying. And I prayed that same prayer, Lord, if you want me to do full-time ministry, confirm it again. And instead of reminding me for the hundredth time, Sobe, you're called to do full-time ministry. He said something completely different that changed my outlook. And I wrote it down in my phone that day. He said, Sobe, I want you to be a person that sacrificially lives in a way that produces the tangible glory of God. You see, God isn't as concerned about the thing he's calling you into. He's way more concerned about who you become and who he desires you to be. The definition of potential is having or showing the capacity to develop or become something in the future. You know, the Lord knew that day that I didn't need to hear, Sobe, you need to do full-time ministry again. I need to hear something different. I need to hear what I could be. And if I didn't hear that back in November, I'll be quite honest with you, I don't know if I would be here today. Our understanding and pursuit of our potential leads us to living out our calling. And so we're going to look at a couple examples in Scripture. The first one is in John 1, verses 45 through 51. Jesus is beginning to call his disciples to follow him. And we're going to look at the specific example of Nathanael. And so verse 45 says this, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached Jesus, as they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. 
How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I will tell you the truth. You will see all You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man and the one who is the the stairway between heaven and earth. What Jesus does for Nathanael in this moment, I would argue, is the greatest act of love. And Nathanael is so unaware. Instead of focusing in this moment on the work of Nathanael, He's simply focusing on who Nathanael is. Before Jesus even tells Nathanael what he should do to follow him, he tells him what he could be. And God does the same thing for us. He focuses on who we are and not what we do. And does that mean what we do doesn't matter? No, of course not. Our actions carry weight. But the intention of God is not to see you through your works. He made you. He knows you. He sees you. And he sees your potential in you beyond what you can do. And man, that is such an incredible example of love. Calling out potential not based on your action, but based on who the Lord sees you in love. And the thing that you find oftentimes about Jesus is that he's very countercultural. Like, in our society, we're very product-driven. So our potential is based on action. We have to show proof that we can fulfill the potential later on. And that is not what Jesus does with Nathaniel. He calls out potential that many would argue wasn't even identifiable. Right? Like, Jesus calls Nathaniel a man of integrity. And in our first interaction with Nathaniel, he shows no signs of being that. He says, what good can come from Nazareth? I mean, he disses Jesus' hometown. And, you know, I'm from Chicago, and I love Chicago. And so I love all of you, but if you ever diss Chicago, we might might butt heads a little bit. Um, And (laughs) not only does Nathaniel do that, but he doesn't even believe that he could be the Messiah. The reason why potential in the context of the kingdom is so different from the potential in the context of the world is simply because of God. We are sinners. Romans 3 makes that very clear, that we are sinners who show no sign of potential good. If not for God. If not for God and his redeeming grace and the Holy Spirit to guide us. Without God, we have no prospects of real potential. Without God, we have nothing but our sinful nature. But because of him, we have hope. The beauty of what Jesus does for Nathaniel in this moment is that Jesus, seeing the potential in him, calls him to a higher standard. Was Nathaniel a man of integrity in that moment? No. But Jesus, seeing that in him and calling that out of him, placed Nathanael in a position to believe that. 
and start to live in that. What quite literally happened in that moment was the potential Jesus saw in him moved him from his life of sin to then become a man of integrity. And that's what a life with God looks like. You know, we can have God, a true friend, a savior, who sees the best in us even when it's not currently there, call potential out of us, and it shifts the nature of our lives. And so we're going to look at another example. This one's in Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. And Jesus replies, you are blessed, son, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Again, Jesus focuses more on who Peter is rather than what Peter has done. And this time he does it in a cool way. He gives Peter a new name, which means rock. You see, who Peter would become is what would equip him to serve his calling. Peter would not have been able to serve the church adequately if he was not the rock. And Peter did just that. I mean, you look through Acts and you see that Peter laid the foundation for the early church. He's the one that spoke out to the crowd on the day of Pentecost. A crowd of 3,000 from different nations that ended up following God. He's the one that went out first and started to heal people, being used by the Holy Spirit to do miraculous works. He's the one that went and stood up against the Roman authorities and the Sadducees and was put in prison, died the worst martyrdom death in the history of Christianity. He became the rock. And the church is what it is today because of Peter becoming that. But if you look at, if you look at Peter during that time in Matthew 16, he was definitely not the rock. I mean, this is the same Peter that walked on water and almost drowned. And this is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. And that's why I'm so grateful that God sees bigger things in us than we can see in ourselves or others can even see in us. You know, it's good to hear like people call out potential in us. Like that's always affirming. But it is way better to hear from God. Trust me. As human beings, our scope is so minimal and it's so limited. You know, Peter began his life as a fisherman. So I think most people would have thought, you know, maybe he can lead a crew and sell fish. 
That's probably his potential. That's all he can do. No one would have ever foreseen that Peter would be the rock of the church. And that's why God is the most capable person to call out potential in you. There is no one more qualified to do it. Scripture says he knows everything about you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knows the amount of hairs on your head. As engineers know the capacity for the machines that they create, how much it can take, how capable it is you know, to do certain things and what it's not capable of doing, in that same way, your father knows you because he gave it to you. And so the one thing we need to understand about God is that the potential he sees in you is not going to be small. And this is not just a cliche saying that I'm saying today. When God calls out the potential in you, expect it to be big. And the reason why is because the kingdom is a big deal. God isn't going to see small potential in you when what you're doing is quite literally going to impact the lives of people for eternity. And if anything, I think that speaks volumes to how capable God sees you and I. Remember, we're sinful. That's our nature. That's really like, apart from God, that's it. And yet, because of God, he sees us quite equipped to be used by him. What your potential directly correlates to is the kingdom. And you have the capability of stewarding that well. And so I'm grateful that God sees the potential in us. And you know, oftentimes I think when I've thought about my potential and what God sees in me, I've realized one thing, that I'm here and my potential is here. And there's this gap between where I am and where God wants me to be. And the thing about potential is that it's projective. Like, I'm here, and I can be here, but I could also still be here. And so I, I need to make this work, right? I need to put in the work to reach here. And that can be discouraging at times, and I think that that's something that the enemy uses to discourage us, is how are you going to get here when you're all the way over here? You're not good enough to get here. But again, like the Lord sees us as capable and he has belief and trust in us to reach here. I remember I listened to a sermon by Erwin McManus a few months ago and he gave this awesome analogy of how to grow in our calling. He said, picture a world where the clothes given to children, so if you have kids today, think of your children. The clothes given to your children were the clothes currently worn by you, their parents, instead of the children's clothing that you buy them. Now, to some of you, that might sound really stupid. Like, why would I put my T-shirt on my five-year-old kid? Um, but Erwin makes such a good point. It says, he says it speaks volumes to these kids if we see them as capable of growing into that clothing. Like, could you imagine a world where kids were walking around in their parents' clothes? I mean, kids would quite literally develop at such a fast rate 
because they would have to grow into their clothing. And I think a better picture is, you know, you've always heard the head that wears the crown. And think of like a young prince or a young princess taking over a kingdom with a crown that's way too big for them. But how capable they must feel in that moment to be wearing that crown and how much confidence they can have to grow into that. That's the same type of confidence that the Lord has in us. And so there's a few ways that we can grow in our potential from being here to meeting here. And in this space, we learn how to grow by learning who God is and how he sees us. We determine what we need to grow and how we grow. And we grow to love God more. You know, we see the intricacies of his plan for us, how he champions us to grow and the grace he gives us when we lose our way. So in order to grow in our potential, first, we need to realize and believe that we have that. Isaiah 43, 19 says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Potential is possible because God is a God of new things. And there's a saying I like to use um, that you'll probably hear me say a lot. We serve an exponential God, meaning, you know, when scripture says he's alpha, omega, first, last, beginning and end, there's no limit to who God is. And because of that, we have exponential growth in him to learn more about who he is and to grow more in loving him. So we have the capacity to grow because God grows in his very nature. He makes things new. And so when it comes to our potential, we have to realize we have been given potential by God to grow. And I want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, maybe you have never felt like you've had potential in anything. Or maybe you feel like you've reached your potential and you're done growing. I would encourage you again, like, because we serve an exponential God, we can grow more and more. And all we have to do is simply ask for our capacity to increase. John 21 verses 15 through 17 is when Jesus is talking with Simon Peter after he's resurrected and he's meeting the disciples as they're catching fish. And he says this, after Jesus asked, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Peter started out as the rock, and he's grown a bit. Jesus dies, and he, you know, he's moved past his denial of Christ, and he's now on fire. And then we see him grow even more in his potential to become a shepherd as well. You see, even Peter's potential grew over time to become something new, something different that God could still use. And so I, I encourage you, like, as the body of Christ, we can't afford to be complacent in our growth. 
We can't afford to see our potential here and say, this is enough. Once we reach this point, once we feel like, okay, the Lord has brought us to this place, we then ask for more. And we ask, Lord, what else do you see in me? What else am I capable of? And so we grow in our potential as we realize we have potential. And secondly, we realize how we grow in our potential when we allow our calling to be God's and our growth to be ours. God gives us a calling. He ordains it. He sets it. Our potential is identified by him, but it's up to us to choose to grow in that. And that's where our free will to serve God comes in and the freedom to follow him. No one can live out your faith for you. And no one can make you grow in your potential other than you. It's your choice. And again, this is even more proof of how capable God actually sees you. He's not here to coddle you. He's not here to be a dictator either. He sees you as capable. And he says, go, run. And so there's some practical ways that we can choose to live out and growing in our potential. The first is to be obedient. Obedience is the action we take in pursuing God and the potential he sees in us. The Lord doesn't demand, but he directs. And that's how we follow him. Deuteronomy 30.16 says, For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Notice that phrasing, live and multiply. That kind of sounds like growth. And following the commands of God is what allows that. So we be obedient. And the second is we pursue righteousness. Our goal as Christians is to model Christ. And it does not mean that we are perfect or that we'll ever reach perfection. But it does mean that we strive towards it, as Paul says in Philippians 3. Righteousness is key to growth and potential because our potential is Christ-focused. It's not on us. And so we must be reminded of our potential in God. You know, I, I often forget how to be righteous. I don't know about you guys, but I sin and I fail. And I need to be reminded of what it looks like to be like God. And it's through that, as I pursue that, that I feel like I'm actually living out my calling, living in my potential that God has given me. And so as we grow in becoming who God wants us to be, and as we grow in understanding our callings that we're given, we can live out looking like God in a world that desperately needs it. My encouragement to you guys today is whatever the Lord's calling you to do, it's not something that you're going to be fit for right now. Like, that's the reason why we have potential. That's the reason why God sees potential in us. It's so that we can walk in those callings, grow in those callings, and be more like God. And, you know, some of you may 
have had an experience like mine where your calling has been so identifiable, like the Lord has said, this is what I want you to do. And there may be some of you that have been praying for a long time, like, Lord, what is it that you see in me? And I want to encourage you today, like, the Lord sees potential in all of you. That's why you're here. That's why you were created and formed. He sees you as capable to live out in what he's called you to do. And so understanding that makes whatever you're walking into, whatever you're doing for God, so much less overbearing and a struggle. Like you can walk confidently knowing like, hey, I am equipped by God. He sees something in me today that I can live out and I can do well. So to close this morning, as we go into this week, let's take time in our time with God this week to pray and ask the Lord, what is it that you see in me? What am I capable of doing? What does my potential look like? And as we seek that and understand that, may we walk in it and encourage one another in it. You know, like I said earlier today, it's so cool to hear potential being called out by people around you. And it's so much better when that's led by God and by the Holy Spirit. And so pray in your time today to encourage someone in what God sees in them. We don't have to seek self-approval because the Lord has already approved of us and he sees potential in us. And so let's live out what the Lord is calling us to do and let's live in our potential today. So I'm gonna pray and close. God, thank you so much that you see something in us even when we're flawed, even when we're sinful. And God, we're blessed because if not for you, Lord God, we wouldn't have potential. And so we live confidently leaving this room, going forth into the world, being light in dark places and saying, Lord, I want to live in the potential that you see in me. And I want to live out the calling that you've called me to do. God, thank you so much that you've counted us worthy. We are so blessed by you. May you be enthroned by what we do and how we live. May the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you, O oh God. We love you. Help us to live out our potential and live in our callings today. To your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.